On the podcast today, we are talking about how great leaders build championship teams. And in my storied career, I found one thing to be true. Great leaders are always great coaches. Welcome to the podcast today, everyone. Dr. QB Davis King. I want to welcome you from around the world, wherever you're listening. Thank you for joining me once again. What a great time we're having over here. We're building leaders for the future. And I get a chance to share some of my strategies that I've learned over a 40-year period. Today, we're talking about great leaders. Great leaders are great coaches. And I've had the incredible privilege of being and studying under some great leaders over my career. Every single one that I studied under were great coaches. They knew how to bring out the best in people. And that is the exciting part of leadership. Eddie Robinson said this, and, and if those of you that may not know Eddie Robinson, the winningest football coach in college history, the winningest coach in, in coaching young people in college. He said, leadership is like coaching. It is fighting for the hearts and souls of men and women and getting them to believe in themselves. And so great leaders, they know how to help their players and team members. They know how to help them be their very best. And oftentimes, people may say, well, that's obvious, but to do it is another thing. You see, great leaders know how to build championship teams. And there's three strategies they really use in order to do it. Three simple strategies. Now, when I say simple, I mean simple to understand, but certainly when we go about trying to execute them, we've got to put put our time in. Number one. They get their players to understand their roles and responsibilities. Number two, they have a well-defined playbook. And number three, they teach execution. So let me go through one by one of these, go through these one by one, and get you to kind of understand what we're saying over here. Number one, great coaches, they get their players to understand their roles and responsibilities. This cannot be underestimated, uh, 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 understressed, if you will. Why? Because if I have a player that doesn't understand where they fit in the organization and the roles that I want them to play on that team, then I have a problem. They're going to have a problem. So the first thing is to get them to understand their role. Think of a team just for a moment, everyone, any team. Let's say football. On that team, you have different players, and they have different roles. You have a quarterback. You have a linebacker. You have a running back. You have a tight end. All of these play different roles. You have those on defense. So the first thing I want each team member when they come to work with me on my team is to understand their role. What is the role that they're to play? Are they a quarterback? 
or their fullback or their defensive tackle? What is it? So when you bring your team together, the first thing is to get them to understand what role. Are you in sales? Are you in customer service? Are you in operations? Are you in on the supply chain side? What role? And when I say get them to understand the role, take out a map, if you will, and get them to see exactly where they fit on that team. Imagine the team, the coach, the head coach, says, I've got 12 players that's going to take to the field. It doesn't matter how many players you got, 11, 10, 5. Here is the role you're going to play being on the first string, the second string, the third string. Each one of them understand their role. For instance, let's say, let's go to a, a play, a person in a play, an actor. You've got your lead and you've got your understudy. And so I get the understudy to understand that if the lead person gets sick or they're out, you have to take over that role. That means you must be prepared to step in that role at any time. The second part of roles and responsibility, of course, is responsibility. So now I understand my role. I understand that I'm a quarterback. What is the responsibility of a quarterback? What is the responsibility of being an understudy? What is the responsibility of being a salesperson in this organization, not any other organization? See, the salesperson in an organization that's selling cars may be different than selling stock or may be different than selling real estate. Yes, it's all sales, but it's a different responsibility. I have a responsibility to my clients, my customers, my stakeholders. But how's that responsibility defined? That's what great coaches do. They get their players up front to understand their roles and responsibilities. Great coaches. They know how to build Super Bowl winning teams. They start by getting everyone to understand their roles and responsibility. Let's go to the second strategies that great coaches use, and that is they have a well-defined playbook. This second strategy that great coaches employ in order to build championship-winning teams is they have a well-defined playbook. They have plays already predetermined. And so what they look for is players that can fit into the system. So what is a playbook? Well, Webster defines it as an elaborate and systematic plan of action or a range of possible tactics in any sphere of activity. Also a set of tactics frequently employed by one engaged in a competitive activity. So we got an elaborate and systematic plan. Leaders have already thought about what they need in order to be successful. So if I have, oh, I'm working in the sales department, I've already established a system 
a plan of action for my salespeople to be successful. I've set aside strategies and techniques that work for our particular company and in our particular industry. See, I have a range of tactics that I've already predetermined that will work for anyone that comes on board. I teach them a sales system. I teach them a presentation. I teach them how to address object, uh, objections. I teach them how to follow up. I teach them how to engage my customers to a level in which they feel so comfortable and feel so excited about doing business with us, they want to come back or they refer their friends. So great leaders have a playbook already set up. Let's go to customer service. How I want a playbook on how you address the customer when they call in. Keep a smile in your voice. Have a smile on your face. Have the ability to listen to the customer. Certainly you can't engage anyone in customer service. You don't want someone that's getting angry with the customer and the, and the customer is angry and they're angry. No, I need someone that has the ability to control the situation and make that customer feel good about coming back to the organization. I like it. When you call in and you got someone on the phone and they said, you know what, I understand exactly how you feel. I would feel the exact same way. What did I do? I defused that right away. So let's take a look at how we can solve this for you. That's a playbook. A playbook that has already been predetermined. Great coaches, they have these playbooks. And when you join the team, they pull out the playbook and says, here are the plays. I remember one coach that I studied under. He's a great coach. And he was a great leader. He said, listen, I have these plays. These plays will work 100% of the time if you follow them. The only way they won't work is if you don't do what you're supposed to do. But I've already determined that these plays will work. Are you that confident? In your playbook, take a look at your team. Do you have a set of tactics that you feel absolutely confident that if and when your team members follow these set of tactics, that they will get a positive result every single time? The coach said, this playbook is perfect. The plays will work every single time. The only way they don't work is you don't execute them. Go out and execute them the way that I have set them up. That's the confidence you must have in working with your team. Great coaches have already sat down and they know the plays inside and out. Let's go to our third and final strategy for building Super Bowl winning teams. Great coaches are often great leaders, and great leaders, I can guarantee you, are great coaches. I've had the privilege to be under so many great coaches that taught me some great strategies. Strategy number three is coming right up. Let's take a quick break, everyone. When we come back, I'm going to reveal to you 
the third strategy in building a championship winning team. Welcome back everyone. Our third and final strategy for building Super Bowl winning teams is great coaches teach execution. They teach their players how to go out and execute now. Now, I've defined your role. I've got you to understand the responsibility that that role entails. I've shared with you the playbook and the plays that will work every single time as long as you follow them the way I've given them to you. And now I've got to teach you how to execute. And what do we mean by that? Practice, practice, practice. You see, great coaches, they send and they take their team members, team members through drills. They're drilling them all the time on being good and getting better from good to great. They know how to get them to be better at what they do, so they practice, practice, practice. Great lawyers go through mock trials. They go through, they want to be good at what they do, so they set up a mock trial where they'll go through and they'll, they'll go through a mock closing or a mock opening. Why? Because they want to be able to execute. Once they get in that courtroom, they want to be able to execute and be successful at what they do. Great sales teams you know, go through sales training over and over again. The teams that win at the highest level they're always winning, I guarantee you. They're constantly practicing, practice, practice, practice. They're executing. That's what great salespeople do. They're constantly learning. They're constantly working on how they can get better at what they do. Look at every sports team. They have training camps. Why do you think they have those training camps? Because they don't have anything else to do? No. They're practicing for what? A championship. They're practicing because they want to win at what they do in life. Let me ask you, what are you doing with your team? What kind of practice drills are you taking them through? Whether you're in a big company or a small business, how often are you spending with your team and practicing with them? I remember when I was running and I had a small company, had 60 people. Every Saturday morning we practice. We practice, we practice, we practice, we practice, we practice. Every Saturday morning for 10 years, we practice. We spent two hours Saturday morning practicing at getting better, and we were good at what we did. In fact, we were at the top every single month, month in and month out. Why? Because we practiced. I remember being in the military, when I was in the military, I was on a ship, the USS Denebola. This was a ship that carried food to the fleet, so I often say, imagine a floating Walmart Anything you can justify finding a Walmart, we carried on that ship, whether it's from toothpaste to steaks and lobster, 
food and sundry items, everything. We were a floating Walmart, so we took that food to the fleet. So what I mean by the fleet is other ships. So the ship would put in the order, we want, you know, uh, uh, 200 boxes of steaks, and we want 200 boxes of toothpaste, and we would fill those orders. It was an exciting time, everybody. It was exciting duty for me. But one of the things we had on the ship was this thing called uh, general quarters drills. You see, no matter what job we had and what role we had, we also were sailors. Every single one was a sailor. And so we practiced these drills just in case the ship became incapacitated by perhaps a bomb or you know, a missile. And so... The captain took us through these drills time and time again. Why? Because we wanted to know, he wanted us to know, if you will, our job and role just in case an emergency happened. You see, we learn to execute. That's what great leaders do. They take their teams through drills over and over again. The lawyers, the salespeople, the training camps that the, you know, the sports team put their people through that's all about execution and so once again i want to ask you what are you doing with your team what kind of practice drills are you taking them through how often are you taking them through i've worked with organizations where you know they're lucky if they take their team through a drill once a year and then they wonder why the team is not performing at a championship level if you want your team to perform at a championship level, then you've got to continue to help them get better. Today we talked about how great leaders build great teams, and we found that great leaders are great coaches. They know how to build championship teams. They are good at what they do, and it's exciting. Remember what Eddie Robinson said at the outset, I, I mentioned to him, he said, leadership like coaching is fighting for the hearts and souls of your people and getting them to believe in themselves. And he goes on to say, he said, coach each person as if they were your own son or daughter. Coach people. Coach them from the heart. That's our Webinar, I, I trained it for the day, I should say. I'm used to being on a webinar. But that's our podcast for the day, everyone. Three strategies, understand, great coaches get their people to understand their roles and responsibility. Number two, they have a well-defined playbook. And number three, they teach execution. They teach, 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 execute, execute, practice, practice, practice. Dr. King, signing off for today. Thank you for joining us. And meet me over at qbking.com, other resources over there. Until I meet you again, Dr. King signing off for now, saying go out there and make your dreams king.